Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the devil took him, referring to Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and angels came and began to serve him. The devil quoted again from passages out of context. He promised Jesus realms that were only lent to him. The temptation was a lie. The offer was fraudulent. When Jesus speaks, he speaks the word of God. When the devil speaks, he lies and speaks his native tongue. See Revelation. It's just true. Satan tried to tempt the Logos with the lowercase l Logos. Satan would tempt Jesus with Psalm 91 out of context. And then Jesus, having been there when Psalm 91 was breathed out by God, knew the true essence of it. Satan was referred to as the spirit of the air. He's been given a degree of dominion over the earth. We know this from the first book of the Bible ever recorded, possibly. Like the events of Genesis take place, obviously, before the events in Job, but it's possible that the events of Job were recorded before God told Moses to write down the whole history of the world thus far from Moses' perspective. That means that it's possible the oldest book of the Bible in written form, at least, tells this backstory wherein the devil goes before God asking permission to attack a mortal. So, Jesus, now fully God and fully man, subjecting himself to everything to which we are subject, is now also then subject to the temptations of the devil. And so the devil shows up. When the devil attacks Jesus, you better believe he's on his A game. And what he presents sounds pretty good. Yesterday in our devotion, we saw like he, he offers him, you know, bread from stones. And he offers him angels to come and tend to him. What's remarkable is that in today's temptation, the third temptation, the angels actually do come to Jesus in verse 11, chapter four, verse 11. The angels actually do come and serve Jesus. And when the devil does tempt Jesus, he does so by taking the Bible out of context. It is literally satanic to take scripture out of context. If you see somebody taking a verse of the Bible in utter isolation, neglecting what comes after, neglecting and ignoring what comes before, and using it to fashion a justification, a rationale, a proof text for their preconceived notion, that is satanic and not even in the least bit of embellishment on my part. It's just a basic reading comprehension of Matthew chapter 4. Like when the devil fashioned temptations for Jesus, he did so using scripture. It's not enough to summarize the temptation of Jesus by saying that Jesus responded to the, to the devil with scripture. It is complete to say the devil tempted Jesus with scripture out of context, and Jesus rebutted those temptations with scripture in context. So Jesus' response 
is a recitation of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. It's true, and it demolishes everything the devil would have to say. But let's look at what the devil said. The devil tempted him with Psalm 91. In yesterday's devotion, we heard these words. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Sound familiar? We heard that yesterday from the devil. That's Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. Here's Psalm 91 verse 13, the immediately subsequent verse. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will, I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Verse 13 especially shows the gall of the devil. It's a verse that tells the story of God trampling on the serpent. And the devil chose to quote the immediately preceding sentence. He said that you will not strike your foot against the stone. That's verse 12. Verse 13, you will trample the serpent. The devil obviously stopped short of that. It is truly satanic to take scripture and divorce it from what comes before it and what comes after it. In these temptations of Jesus, what was initially used to tempt Jesus ends up actually coming true for Jesus. In the second of the three temptations, what was promised to him was the attending of angels. The attending of angels actually takes place in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Everything that Satan used to tempt Jesus required an abdication of the pericope, P-E-R-I-C-O-P-Y, meaning the, the text that is around, the text that is before, the text that is after. If you're a part of a church that has to interrupt a complete thought to eisegete, Google that word, a verse of scripture to drive home a point. They're using the exact hermeneutic, look up that word too, to draw you away from the will of God. That is satanic teaching. That is satanic preaching. That is satanic curriculum. That's satanic doctrine. Satan's delivery of Psalm 91 sounded pretty good in its original packaging. So does every modern false teaching that portends the word of God. It is literally satanic to divorce scripture from its pericope. It is literally Christ-like to teach the Bible in its context.